Thank you. Good to see you. Good evening, guys. How's everyone doing this evening? It's good, good to see all of you. Let's pray. Lord God, we once again thank you, Lord, for allowing us as men to gather and just to hear from you, Lord, and, and as we continue to study through this this book, Lord, uh, that's been ministering to our hearts, Lord. We ask that you just prepare our hearts uh, right now, Lord, just to receive what you have for us, Lord. We thank you that you continue to minister in and through your word, and we just ask that you just allow us to let us sink in our hearts and our minds and, and allow us to apply it in, our, in, in the way we live, Lord, and ultimately to uh, be found faithful in your eyes, Lord, in Jesus' name. So tonight we're going to be covering chapters 22 through 24. Did everybody read those? <laughs> Mike? Good. And we'll be looking at, at three important areas when it comes to serving our Lord. The first one is serving by the word of God. Second one is serving with a heart of, for the lost. And thirdly, serving with a heart of loyalty. You know, and as Christians, everything we do in our, in our service to the Lord should be based on the word of God. Apart from the word of God, we will be ineffective vessels. You know, so we need to be faithful in dwelling in the word and equipping ourselves to be able to be useful vessels for, for his purposes. And without the word of God, our ministry will not be effective or fruitful. So the word of God is essential for us as men of God to equip ourselves to be able to be used in an effective way according to his will, according to his purposes. And apart from that, our service to the Lord will be in vain. So the word of God is what defines us as Christians. You know, our whole existence as Christians really should be based on the word of God. Who we are, what we do, how we live, the decisions we make needs to be dictated by the word of God. And it's, it's, it's vital to our uh, lives as Christians. Second Timothy 3, 16, 17. I apologize this more, uh, this evening. We, I don't have any of the scriptures up there, but you guys have your Bibles, right? <laughs> so you remember how to use the Bibles. <laughs> so 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, uh, verse uh, 16 through 17. We all are familiar with this uh, verse regarding scripture. Second Timothy 3, 3 uh, 16 and 17 it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
that tells it all, guys. I mean, that's where it's at, and that's what we need to utilize the Word of God for. We, we will be incomplete apart from the Word of God. So how does the Word of God help us in serving? First of all, what does it do? It reveals God's character to us, right? And it's essential to know the character of God if we're going to be able to serve Him. He's our Master. We serve Him. We know who we're serving. And the Word of God will delineate really the true character of God. And without knowing His character, how do we expect to minister to others according to His Word? How do we expect it to be an effective ministry if we really don't know the God that we're serving? You know, so again, it's it's an important thing that we need to know the character of God. And the more we dwell in, in the Word of God, the more we're going to be familiar and know Him. We need to know our God on a personal uh, level. We need to know every uh, beautiful uh, uh, attribute that He has that he wants to instill in us as we serve for his purposes. So we become Christ-like by studying his word. He reveals himself more and more to us as we dwell on his word more and more. And the word will help us to know the heart and the mind of God. And as we, you know, get to know him more, we'll be able to serve him even more effectively and experience a bigger joy in our ministry. You know, so we know who we're serving and, and, and God will honor that if we're, uh, instilling the same, his attributes in the way we minister to others. And ultimately he wants that. He wants others who don't know him to see him through us. He wants to, he wants others to see the, the character of God in the way we live in the way we serve, and ultimately, again, we'll minister to their hearts. So we all need to ask ourselves, you know, are we truly allowing His Word to dwell in our hearts and minds? Are we allowing His Word to dictate our lives to help us have that stronger understanding and knowledge of God? That's essential. You know, Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. you don't have to turn there, but I'll read the verse. It says, Your words were found and I ate them and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart for I am called by your name O Lord God of hosts the word of God needs to dwell in us and and we need to live by it and it needs to be a vital part of who we are the second area that the, that that we're going to look at Regarding the Word of God, what does it do? What's another thing it does? It renews our mind. You know, as as we, we get to know His character through His Word, His Word will also renew our minds. And I mentioned He wants us to have the mind of Christ at the way we live and the way we serve and the way we minister. So it's a renewing of the mind that we need to have and the way we're going to do that, of course, is by dwelling in his, in his, uh, in his word. And the more we're Christ minded and more aligned to his will, we're going to be that much more effective ministers to others. You know, Romans 12, 2, uh, 
It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So as we serve God, we cannot think like the world thinks, right? We need to serve him with the way he thinks, you know, with God's perspective. And we need to look at things, uh, not the way the world looks at them, but look at things the way he would look at it and, and through his perspective. And, and that's what we need to do. We need to set our minds on things above, not on things on the earth. So a renewing of our minds. You know, we're being transformed. The more we, we, we dwell on his word, that transformation process will continue to take place. And eventually, like I said, we become more and more like him. And, and that's what our goal and our desire should be as, as men of God is that we continue to be renewed and, and to, and to continue to understand the God we serve and be strengthened through his word. So we, we're, we renewed in our minds and our hearts and, and that will allow us again to, to be used that much more effectively. You know, the other area that the word of God does, of course, is it strengthens our faith, right? You know, ministry is something that we do by faith, and faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And the measure of our faith is a result of the quality time spent in His Word. So the more we get in His Word, the more we study His Word, He is going to allow us to have that much of a stronger faith, to be that much more stronger uh, for His purposes. Don't we want a, our faith to continue to get strengthened? You know, we get strengthened, of course, through the trials and through our experiences, but we also get strengthened more and more when we hear from him through his word. He will speak to us in areas that need to be spoken, in the areas in our heart that need to be convicted and ministered to. He does it through his word. You know, and the more we do that, of course, it's going to strengthen that that faith, that faith that we need. You know, we, we live by faith, right? Not by sight. So when those difficulties come in ministry and as we're serving the Lord, we continue to move forward in faith because we know the God we serve. And it's through his word that equips us. The fourth area that the word of God does, of course, is it, it cleanses our lives. You know, his word will help cleanse us of unrighteousness, instruct us on how to live holy and blameless lives and will slowly shape and mold us again closer to the image of Christ. So it will set our path straight. You know, the Word of God is, is, is able to do that. You know, here in John 15.3, I'll read that. It says, you are already clean because of the Word which I have spoken to you. It has power. The Word of God has power to cleanse and to set lives straight on the right path. Ephesians 5, 26, 27, talking about, again, the Word of God says that He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the Word, that He might present her to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So God's word exposes the areas of sin and compromise where we are falling short in. You know, he will expose those areas and it will serve as the light unto our path. 
setting our path straight. It's a light unto our path. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So if we're caught up with things of maybe our uh, with sin or compromise, and and that will be enlightened through His Word. It will convict us, and it will it will show us where we're falling short. You know, we all fall short of the glory of God, right? But if we're hanging on to things that are again weighing us down and and keeping us from moving forward as Christians because we're holding on to some sin, the Word of God is powerful. It's gonna it's gonna convict. It's going to pierce our hearts and our minds. And it's, it's not going to let us go. We keep reading and it's going to continue showing us, you, you got to get, get straight with, in this area. And God is merciful and God knows us. He could sympathize where we're at, but he will use his word to convict us in a powerful way. And that's the God we serve. He cares for us. He wants to put our path straight. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. His word is powerful, will pierce through the heart of man, and will not come back void. You know, his word will convict us by the power of his Holy Spirit in the areas again, of compromise and sin. Doesn't come back void. James, uh, you want to go ahead and turn to James chapter 1, verses 21 through 25. Talking about the Word and the fact that we need to be doers of this of the Word. And not just hears, but it starts off with verse 21 in, in chapter 1 of James 1, uh, 21 through 25, we'll be reading. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Don't we all want to be there? We want to be doers of the word. We don't want to just be flying through the word and not really listening, not really asking the Lord to speak to our hearts. We don't want to just be going through the motions out of obligation. Oh, I, I read my two verses for the day. That's it. This, this again is vital to us men to be able to, 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 uh, Continue living lives that are above reproach and, 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 and keeping us, uh, holy in his eyes. You know, we need to ultimately be usable, but when we hang on to these things that are bringing us down, our effectiveness for his kingdom is decreased. 
The fifth area that the Word of God does, of course, is that it, it defends us against the lies of the enemy. We've, we've talked about that in the past where Satan will try to question God's Word and create doubts about it, about its truth. He'll start asking, did he really mean this? Or maybe he meant this. So he, he makes, he tries to make us get confused and start questioning the truth of God's Word to a point where we, we do start questioning or start, what, what's the next step? We start denying His Word. We start not living according to the Word because we just have gone to a point where we don't really, uh, uh, we don't really believe in it maybe. And we've gone to a point where we've just kind of been so infiltrated with, with the lies of saying that we just don't hang on to His promises as much as we should. We allow the world to infiltrate our minds, and that alone also will affect us in our ability to understand His Word. You know, outside forces, negative forces, the enemy, the world, the flesh, they all go against our ability to really understand the Word. In Joshua one eight, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have a good success. So the man of God who lives by the counsel of his word is the man that's going to be blessed and used by God as an effective vessel for his kingdom. And that's what we all want to be. You know, he wants to accomplish his work through all of us, ultimately for his glory. But it starts with us, again, living lives that are according to his counsel. And we should be praying, you know, that the word of Christ will dwell in us richly in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we will be able to be thoroughly equipped to do his work. He will give us that understanding. He will give us that wisdom to be able to be, uh, to accomplish His work in and through us. The Word of God, vital. The next area that we'll be covering is serving with a heart for the lost. The, the lost. That, that should be our burden as, as men of God. You know, our desire you know, you, we, we do want to walk worthy of God's calling. We want to serve Him in a way that will ultimately bring glory and praise to Him. But as we, you know, we abide in Him, He and He promises, of course, that we're going to bear fruit. But as we continue to 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 serve Him, we want to have the heart of Jesus. Right? His heart was for the lost, and it's easy to get caught up in serving or even living out there and forget that we really should have a heart for the lost. And how often do we neglect those opportunities that he brings to us out there or here in the church when you know very well this person is a non-believer and needs to hear about Jesus, but we fail to take those opportunities that he sets for us. You know, how often are we, you know, we should be praying on a daily basis, God Give me some witnessing opportunities. Bring 
a soul that needs to hear of you. Use me for your kingdom. Let me share who you are with this person. How often are we praying for that? You know, how often when somebody comes through these doors, we know very well there may be visitors, maybe they don't even know Christ. How often are we not reaching out to these people? You could tell the Holy Spirit will will instill that in our hearts that this person needs to hear of Jesus. But many times, unfortunately, we, we fail to follow through with that 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 uh, that pulling that the Holy Spirit is putting in our hearts. You know, speak to this person. You know, it's easy to just get caught up with you know fellowship and 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 doing what you're doing or just the problems you're maybe having in your in your in your lives, and you forget that we are His vessels that need to be used to reach the lost. The heart of Jesus in Luke 19 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So in whatever ministry that God has entrusted us with, we should never lose the burden to reach the lost. You know, in Matthew 9, uh, you want to turn there, in Matthew uh, chapter 9, verses 36 through 38, Matthew 9, verses 36, it says, but, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. As we serve are we serving with the same compassion and burden for the loss as our Lord? We need to ask ourselves. Every one of us should ask that. Do we do we have the compassion of, of, of our Lord for the lost? He had compassion for them. And he expects us to be used as his vessels to reach the lost. But unfortunately, as we said, you know, as we serve him, how often do we get caught up with ourselves and with our problems? And we lose focus. You know, we, we get blinded that out there, there, there is people who are lost, who are destined to hell if they don't come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. And we, again, need to pray that He uses us and that we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit as He creates these opportunities to witness. And again, not just in church. You know, what are we doing out there? You know, what are we doing in our workplaces? What are we doing in the community? When you're in the market, you know, are you reaching out to people? We need to, again, pray that it is a priority in our lives as Christians. It should be a priority. The end times are near. The ultimate purpose for ministry is to bring glory to God, but one of the goals of ministry is to seek the lost and win them to faith in Christ. And we again need to be asking ourselves, when is the last time that we shared the gospel with a non-believer? When is the last time again that we prayed 
that God will bring us that person to share the gospel with. You know, I, I was convicted some time ago, a few months ago, actually, uh, you know, in my job situation. I have, I have a, a unique situation there because I'm, I'm confronted with a lot of people there. I see a lot of patients and I, I got convicted because I was basically, you know, I, I was having to, you know, we, we have to see patients a certain amount of time and, and I was neglecting that area for the sake of having that patient be seen and, and out the door as soon as possible to meet, you know, that, that, that quota that we need to, to meet. You know, and, and I ask God, you know, you put me here and what am I doing? You know, all these people are coming. They're hurting emotionally, physically. Some of them have cancer. And am I spending the time that I should be spending with these patients to talk to them about who you are? Am I ministering to patients? And I made a point, you know, at least if I, if I spend a few minutes with one person per half day, that's over time. That's a lot of people I'm sharing the gospel with. Don't allow the pressures of the world, the cares of the world to get in the way of ministering to the lost. And there's a lot out there. We need to be faithful in that. God wants us to do that. Ezekiel 22.30 says, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. You know, God is looking for workers who will stand in the gap for unsafe sinners who are destined for God's judgment. And how often are we standing in the gap? We need to do that. The harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. And if reaching the lost was such a great burden for our Lord, we should also desire that same burden. You know, those up who have lost that burden, as Wiersbe states, have become professional Christian workers who do their jobs well, create no problems, but never have the blessing of seeing the gospel miracle in the lives of people. They do their work well. But are we truly reaching out to those who need to be reached? You know, these people tend to lose their joy of ministry and become unaware when the lost have crossed their paths. You know, we lose that vision, the discernment when someone is right in front of us that needs to hear of Christ. Because we're so caught up when, in trying to fulfill our service and our ministry, you know, going through those motions, but yet we forget there's someone right in front of us that we need to share. You know, you're so caught up in having to go over there and do something. And, you know, I've got to teach today. i got to do this, 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 this. And there's people out there that are hurting in the fellowship. Are we reaching out to those people? There's people that are always crossing our paths that need to know of Christ. And we need to pray that we, again, become more sensitive to those opportunities that God gives us. Remember the, the prodigal son's brother, he, you know, he was obedient. He remained at home. He was doing the work that he had to do at home. And even though he was obedient, 
he had a self-righteous heart, right? He, he, he was working, working, and he had developed this, this resentment and anger towards the prodigal brother who had left and was squandering all the, all the, 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 the family fortune, the, all his earnings. And, and, and the brother of the prodigal son had this resentment in his heart. He had an anger towards this prodigal son. He was doing the right things. He was working, doing that. He didn't leave the house. But was he doing it with the right heart? And what happened when the prodigal son came back? You know, he hears this party going on. And he asks one of the workers, what's going on over there? And he said, it's your brother. He's come home. Did he rejoice? Did he want to go and, and, and hug him and, and receive him? No, he didn't want to be a part of it. He had lost the heart for his lost brother. And he refused to be a part of it. In ministry, you know, we can easily become like the older brother, busy serving but with the wrong attitude, even a self-righteous attitude. And this kind of serving can blind us and make us lose heart for the lost. You might think that since the area of ministry that you might be serving in has no, you don't have any contact with the unsaved, that, that, that you're not, you don't have to worry about reaching out to the lost. Maybe you're out there, maybe you're, you're in the, in the, the ushers and in the parking lot, the security, and you're out there, you know, you're directing cars. And you feel that, you know, you don't have a whole lot of contact, so you really don't have to worry. But God's going to send people out there. People might be just walking by and, and, and they don't know Christ. God will use you in that area. So don't feel that because you're out there and not in here that you don't have to really have that ministry for the lost. Maybe you're a teacher. You're teaching in the children's ministry. And, and, and you, you know, you feel that, oh, these kids, you know, you just do a lesson and that's it. But what could happen? You're teaching these kids and these, some of these kids, their parents or relatives, grandparents may not know Christ. These kids, God will use to share what they have learned with what you have taught them and use it ultimately for his glory to bring these unsaved family members to Christ. So God will use that ministry as well. Any ministry that, that, that we have, God will use for the lost. So don't think that you're immune with that, from that responsibility of reaching the lost. How about the crew? Who's here, who, who, who's involved in the crew here? The crew ministry. All right. So you might feel Okay, this is a ministry that you set up chairs, tables, whatever needs to be done. You take it out, you, you, you take it down, and that's your ministry. But you might feel that God's not going to use that for the lost. How's that going to happen? Well, what could happen? People are watching you, how you serve with a, with a heart of, of, of Christ, a servant's heart, and with a heart of, of a, a joyful heart. And they're watching how are you doing this? Are you doing unto the Lord? And you're full of God's joy and, and they see Christ in you by the way you're serving. And they don't know Christ. So you, they, that opens the door. And maybe another, another person that 
confronts that person will share Christ with that person because they've already have this curiosity. What what's so different about the, this crew? Why why are they so full of the joy? You know why are they so faithful in, in doing what they have to do? So God will use that ministry as well. Again, God will use any ministry. People are watching. In 1 Corinthians 3, uh, verses 1 through 9, it talks about the fact that some servants plow, some sow, some water, and some reap, but God gives the increase. You know, as each part of the body in the, in the church does their part, God will bring the increase by using your ministry service to draw that unsaved soul to Christ. So every element of the body is vital for God's purposes to reach the lost. So don't think that again you're 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 you don't you don't have that responsibility. You do. And it all comes down to just being faithful to where he has you in whatever ministry he has you. Ultimately, he's going to bring it together ultimately for the salvation of souls. And it's really a, a, a great blessing, you know, that C.C. Monrovia, you know, has been able to support all these missionaries, you know, in Mexico, India, and, and even the blessing of this, this uh, missions trip that's going to Thailand. That's a blessing because we know the gospel is going forth and people are hearing, people that are lost are hearing about Christ. And that is a blessing that our church could sponsor missions. But we also need to not lose touch of the harvest field that exists here in our community, here in the church, as people visit, in our workplaces, in our homes, with the unsaved family members. There's a mission field here, too, that we cannot neglect. You know, one of the special joys that we will all experience in heaven is seeing the many unexpected people that somehow were touched through our ministries and witness. We're going to be, in all, we're going to be surprised. Wow, that those couple words that I, I, I shared with you, it made a difference. Now you're here in heaven. It's going to make a difference, guys. Whatever God instills in your heart to share with this person, it's going to go deep in their hearts and it's going to come back. It's not going to come back void. Down the world, down the road we're going to see that. As we are in heaven, the the people that again that we have shared the word with. So the the third area with serving is serving with a with loyalty. Okay, so what is loyalty? The 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 Wiersbe uh, quotes this uh, American psychiatrist Carl Manninger said he talking about loyalty. He says loyalty means not what I am you or that I agree with everything that you say, or that I believe you are always right. Loyalty means that I share a common ideal with you, and that regardless of minor differences, we fight for it, shoulder to shoulder, confident in one another's good faith, trust, constancy, and affection. That's loyalty, according to a psychiatrist. And he really delineates that. You know, the word loyal becomes from the Latin word, a leisurely, which means to choose, to pick, and also gives us the words diligent, algebra, and allegiance. 
all are w- words which are important in ministry, aren't they? Allegiance, eligible, being diligent, all are important as we serve in ministry. And in Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4, if you want to go ahead and turn there, chapter 2 of Philippians, verses 1 through 4, here Paul writes about uh, humility, but it also could describe what loyalty is. Because they do go hand in hand. So Philippians 2, verses 1 through 4 says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Serving with loyalty incorporates many of the characteristics of humility. And that's why, again, these verses really are good to review. And as as you serve in the church, there may be some differences of opinion on how things should be handled in, in a certain ministry. You know, you, you may not totally agree with certain methods, but ultimately as we serve, we need to always serve with a heart of loyalty, ultimately to be loyal to God. And being loyal to Christ also requires being loyal to one another, right? And unfortunately, there are many church divisions that result from differences of opinion on how certain things should run. Unfortunately, people just cannot reach an agreement and it creates division. You know, we need to be Christ-like, you know, in the way we serve with others, even if they disagree with us. And so what what are some of the characteristics of serving with loyalty? You know, practicing loyalty means, first of all, maintaining perspective, right? You know, many church disagreements, again, and divisions start when we focus on these minor details on how things should, should, should run instead of focusing on the big picture. You know, let's try this. You know, these methods are better. And the other person said, no, no, these methods are not good. This, this is working. And, and people start disagreeing to a point where it, it causes, it can cause division. And we get caught up with minor details. We gotta keep focus on the on the big picture, and most Christians do agree with the goals of ministry, but we'll often disagree on the methods on how to reach those goals. And we should all be open, you know, to discuss differences lovingly and peacefully to reach an agreement, because we're all working together here for a common goal. As a body, we need to encourage each other and not, you know, it's okay to disagree, but you agree that. You're still going to reach resolution and you're going to continue to, to, to do the work that Christ has entrusted you through this church, through the ministry. You remain as a team. You know, once you start going your own individual ways because you're hanging on to your own views and your own opinions, it starts weakening the body. You're not so close knit anymore. And that's again when the enemy could come in and start infiltrating and start creating pride 
in the heart of people. Remember the apostles. You know what happened when uh, they were in the upper room just before Jesus was to be arrested and crucified? What were they arguing about? Who was the greatest among them? Loyalty involves caring about the interest of others and not just to be concerned about your own interest or your own territory and ministry. We need to be considerate for others, for others' needs. We can't be so caught up with our own interests or our own ministry that we fail to, again, uh, we lose focus on the big picture. And, of course, the enemy would love that. You know, we start fighting amongst ourselves, and, and the ministries start getting weakened. The body starts feel, uh, getting weak, and ultimately the purpose and mission that God entrusted us with here in this church it it, it 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 it's not it can be achieved in the way in a manner that he purposes if we allow these differences to take over selfish pride you know infiltrated the hearts of 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 the apostles and selfish pride can infiltrate our hearts and minds we need to be loyal and concerned for our lord we need to be loyal in working with each other and we need to be loyal in following uh, what God has instilled in the heart of our pastor and the leadership. You need to be loyal to that. Because God has appointed our pastor here for a purpose and has given him a vision. The Holy Spirit is speaking to his heart. We need to be loyal in, 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 in submitting to whatever the Holy, in whichever way the Holy Spirit speaks to his heart. We can't start questioning or having doubts or start talking amongst yourselves. I don't agree with that. That shouldn't be that way. That's what the enemy would want you to do. And loyalty does require humility. You know, it's a blessing when many in the body will sincerely ask, what can I do to help? That's a blessing. You know, when, when brothers, sisters come and they ask, what can I do to help? They want to help. And that is definitely a blessing. Loyalty must not be blind. You know, it should be transparent. We cannot spiritualize things for selfish reasons to gain the loyalty from others. And that could happen. You know, we start spiritualizing certain things and say, well, the Lord has led me here. I mean, has spoken to my heart in this way. And, and they try to, because of selfish reasons, they, they start sharing that. And, and they demand the loyalty from others, and that that's not a good thing either. Okay, it needs to be sincere and transparent. You like in the army, what happens is the soldiers will stick together and fight and remain loyal to their general as he leads them with the common goal of winning the battle. Right? That's that's how they work. Christians also want to work together as a team. That's how we should be working and be loyal to the leadership with the common goal of bearing fruit for God's kingdom. You know, honesty, transparency, and open communication on common goals and a sincere love for the brethren is essential for fostering loyalty in the church. In Philippians 1.27, Paul called it striving together for the faith of the gospel. And that's what we're doing here. You know, we're working together, we're striving together for the ultimate purpose of 
spreading the gospel, the good news to those who need to hear it, and building people up here and, and, and encouraging their faith and helping them along as Christians. If they're, if they're struggling, we pray for them, we encourage them, keep each other accountable. These are things that are important working together as a team. That's That should be our goal here in the church. It's not just coming here and, and getting you know equipped with God's word and, and, and not doing anything with it. We need to let, share it, right? We need to, whatever God puts in our heart, whatever we're learning, we need to use it. We can't just be hearers. We need to be doing what God wants you to do for his kingdom. And it starts again by being faithful and asking the Lord, show me, what do you have for me? I like what uh, Wiersbe says about loyalty. It says, true loyalty doesn't destroy your individuality. It dedicates it to a higher goal and makes you a better person because you, you're a part of something bigger than yourself. And loyalty, he says, is making yourself a part of an organization and making that organization a part of you. And the prayer, our prayer really should be here at Monrovia that we all should embrace the ministry here at CC Monrovia and, 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 and make it a part of you. Make it a part of you. Make it a, a vital part of, of, of who you are and what you want to do for God. And be faithful to it. Don't just consider it a, a volunteer thing. Or a thing to do on weekends. You want to be used. I, I believe all of you guys want to be used in a powerful way by the Lord, right? So allow that to happen. Allow it to flourish by getting involved with the ministry in whatever capacity He has for you. He will make that evident to you. And be faithful to it. Embrace it. Make it a part of who you are. And be loyal to it. And he's going to honor that. By his spirit, he's going to, he's going to allow you to move in, in such a way that's going to bring so much blessings just by the way you're serving in, in the ministry here at CC Monrovia. And I'm not saying this is the only church. No, of course there's a lot of churches, but here, this is where God has you at this time. For a reason, he's equipping you and he's making you just more mature and, and grow more in the Lord. And he's giving you maybe experiences through this church, but you need to make the, 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 the take the full uh, advantage of it the time that you're here. We want to be faithful to the colony he has here, at least ha- has for every one of us here at CC Monrovia. And God's been good. So these areas, again, are important. You know, God's word and a heart for the lost. And serving with a heart of loyalty. Vital areas as we serve in ministry. And we should always, again, be reminded, really, of what we need to be doing as servants of God. You know, there's reasons why we're being reminded of this stuff. Because there might be issues. There might be things in your life that maybe you need to be reminded, really. This is what we need to be doing. As we serve God, this is the, this is what it's all about. So let's pray that we be faithful to that. And why don't we pray? Lord God, we do thank you, Lord, that you are who you are, Lord, a God who continues to instruct us, Lord, in the ways 
of how you want us to be your servants, Lord. We thank you that you continue just to show us, Lord, through the teachings of your word, even through this book, Lord, just showing us how you want us to serve you, Lord. We do want to be found faithful, Lord. And I lift up every man here tonight, Lord, and I ask that you just continue just to work in their hearts, Lord, and, and, and equip them in a way that they will ultimately be able to fulfill that purpose that you have set for their lives, Lord. Help them to be diligent in the ministry that you've entrusted on them, Lord, and help them just to continue just to look to you for continued direction, continued strengthening, encouraging as those challenges come as we serve you, Lord. Help us to remain standing firm and keeping our eyes focused on the big picture, Lord. Don't allow us to get caught up with differences, Lord, differences in, a, in, in opinion, disagreements. Help us just to stay focused on the big picture and on, on, on ultimately what you want from C.C. Monrovia, Lord. Help us as a body to be faithful in each area that you've entrusted us with, Lord. We thank you that you have allowed your spirit to use uh, this body, Lord, and I ask that you just continue just to show us, Lord, show us what you have more, Lord, for us. And, and speak to the heart of our pastor, Lord, continue giving him the vision and, and, and filling him with your spirit, protecting him, Lord, and just continue to honor his quiet time with you, Lord. We thank you that you do speak to his heart and he does minister in and through your word to the body here, Lord. So we lift this up in your precious name. Amen.